Hello and welcome to the Art Scoop podcast. My name is Sarah Modanowski. In season two of the podcast, I am covering ideas about art during COVID-19. Today I am talking with Aria Joshes about their sculpture and performance works, as well as having set up a virtual gallery called Virtuoso 9. joining me on the podcast aria can you explain to the listeners a little bit about yourself where you live and what your creative practice looks like um well i'm an artist and i'm also a writer um and i live in new south wales in the hawkesbury area um my practice is um quite activist like I use it as a as a platform to um, critique society and um, you know speak out about things I find that are unjust. But uh, particularly, um, I use uh, absurdity in my work, and um, yeah, I, I like to use absurdity in my work because it's not about self promotion or humiliation. It's about making yourself the medium and pushing your audience's emotional response and thought. Um, My enthusiasm for absurdity in my work started in high school during a play I was doing and my classmate totally improvised and threw a plate of whipped cream on my face. Um, The shock of it made me fall backwards and I was like in in hysterics. But ever since then, I transformed the slapstick nature of the act in ways that actively critique society and culture. My practice also has an abject theme which correlates with absurdity. Mostly my practice is activist and feminist, but I deal with themes of identity, oppression, empowerment, animal rights, the personal, the environment and inclusivity. Thank you. I've definitely seen some of those themes come up in that and watching some of your YouTube content recently. So I do have a few questions about that a little bit later. Okay. But what is your first memory of art? Uh, Mostly in high school. Like I remember um, doing a lot of drawing and um, writing a lot of poetry in high school. And um, yeah, um, maybe an earlier um, memory of um, art was I think when I was making a mermaid t-shirt or something for my dad and I was painting mermaid on the shirt <laughs> it was in preschool I think that's pretty cool thank you is there a genre or style that particularly resonates with you even if it's a little bit different than what your practice looks like at the moment I like surrealism uh, I really like the art that comes out of Kofa, like I've worked with a lot of artists at Kofa that just have amazing styles and, and you know, they're very engaging and, and interesting and vibrant. And What has pulled you towards sculpture and performance? Well, I was originally um, majoring in film and I really struggled with that. Uh, I think it, it just sort of came up one day. I, I was doing um, a sound I was doing an elective that was a sound elective and I turned it into a performance piece and um, ever since then you know I've been really into it and um, I really admire Marina Abramovich and and how her work connects connects with people and it's you know about compassion and 
you know, something really deep. And I've I've always searched for meaning meaning in my practice. Um, so I I found her work to be inspiring. So I so there was that. I also missed out on studying drama in um, the end of high school, which I I guess I sort of substituted in my practice by getting into performance art but yeah I'm also a hands-on person so I like to I like sculpture and collections of things and I think that's what really got me into it but also um, the major of sculpture performance and installation has a lot of freedom in it so you can pretty much do anything and like incorporate several several different mediums in one hit of a work I found that interesting because I, I I never really felt like I fitted into one medium and I felt restricted by one medium. So did you have a particular work by Marina Abramovich that you that you really resonated with that you try and channel in your own performance? I really love the artist is present. Um, I found that to be a really incredible and moving work. I read her biography last year and yeah, she's so inspiring and um, so such a relatable person. And she's really, um, she's really a really progressive person. She's really interested in different cultures and, and being respectful of different cultures. And um, yeah, and that, that work, um, the artist is present. She, um, she really moved a lot of people like she didn't have to sit there and talk with someone and help them through their day all she had to do was just sit there and um, and in a way she was she was listening even though it seemed like she was passive she was looking at the people like whoever was sitting in front of her and she just you know received their emotion and it was just incredible. <laughs> Definitely agree with that. Watching that part of the documentary was amazing and watching her hold space in that way and the awe in the entire audience, not just in the person sitting with her. is, is really special to watch even as a documentary. I can't imagine what it would have been like to, to be there. Do you have any particular artists who work in sculpture that you have the same sort of resonance with? Well, I particularly like the work that comes out of the sculpture before the sea uh, sculptures by the sea <laughs> um festival i find that that really inspires me because it's there's so many different mediums and and it's it's not traditional sculpture it's more contemporary and and yeah i i like the i like contemporary sculpture i find that it really does engage with what's going on in society and I think that anybody can relate or or enjoy it. So to move on a little bit and have a bit of a chat about the current arts climate, how has your practice or projects changed as a result of COVID-19? I started a gallery, um, a virtual gallery, like virtual VR gallery, and um, I started that because I lost a lot of opportunities, and so did my, so did my um, friends at uni. And I wanted to, you know, create a platform that, you know, yeah, f for people to see their work and, and my work. And um, 
I'd always dreamed of having a gallery, but I was kind of conflicted with like, you know, the whole white cube ideal. But yeah, I'm going outside of that with this gallery, like um, going outside of the box. And so that, so even though I wasn't thinking of starting a gallery, like officially for myself, um, the circumstances kind of made it so that it was a, it was good timing. Um, and yeah, I mean, I've been doing artwork as well and, and, and writing, but yeah, I've been more trying to adapt to the situation and sort of like, I mean, I started, um, I'm starting a podcast as well. Um, just because I miss talking with my friends and, and, you know, people in the art world. Um, I can't do that the same way as I did at uni. So that's my that was my way of um, substituting for that because I'm not a fan of um, Facebook and, and, yeah, social media. So that's been my way of adapting and... Um, and of course, my practice is, has adapted to what's going on as well. And I made this sculpture of um, a golden toilet roll surrounded by like pearls and, and <laughs> yeah, that it was kind of like a joke at first, but then it kind of turned out really beautiful and odd, like absurd, I suppose, um, because it sort of, commenting on how strange it was that everybody was after toilet paper as a as a panic when you know the it, it makes more sense to go after like hand sanitizer and even though people were going after that the the fact that toilet paper was so popular was really odd <laughs> my um work has commented on things like that but yeah, I'm trying to s slow down a bit as well because um, because there's not no outlet to you know see a movie and all that. I've got to be careful not to overwork myself. Going forward, what are you hoping will come from the Virtuoso Nine online gallery? Well, um, I want to offer different spaces because the spaces are 360 spaces. What I learnt from this was that. At first, I was trying to make this space that I had to look like a white cube space um, because I was nervous and wanted it to look really professional. And then I realised that it didn't work that way and that when it comes to um, curating and, yeah, I, I found that um, it was best to work with the space and um, tap into the fact that it's not a gallery space. Um, and a place in society, and so I want to I want to use that to um, make it so that it's not a white cube space, but but a virtual space that comments on places in society. At the moment, I've got a room at the race course at the Hawkesbury Race Course. Kindly let me take a photo of one of their rooms for it. And, um, yeah, I want to get sponsorships and stuff like that, 
keep it free for artists to enter their work in because um, it's not really a space that people can sell works in. It's more for people to look at um, and experience people's works. So I want to keep it on that level and and keep it sort of outside of the commercial art world um, and keep it as a space to give opportunities for artists who don't have the money to even hire out a gallery or hire out a space um, because I know that it's really hard for artists, um, especially today, to just have an exhibition when, you know, we barely make money for ourselves. Definitely. So. I think the, the current climate has just highlighted and emphasised a lot of the, the ongoing challenges in the arts. With that in mind, do you think there will be a place for Virtuoso 9 post-isolation? Oh, without isolation? It's something that I've learnt from Kofa is that um, it's not all spaces or um, written work is physical anymore. Um, like I, I occasionally write for Framework and um, they have that online available online and um they have events to to launch it which is something that i want to do with my gallery is like after the isolation and all that i want to launch it with a little you know event like what framework does i just think it's it's a it's going to be a more modern thing um it's not i'm not competing with um commercial galleries so um, it's a it's a very new idea because it's an interactive gallery. So, so yeah, like an interactive VR gallery. So it's it's different from the typical VR experience. And I think that you know eventually people will take to it and will people who just want to um, show their work and people who don't always want to make money out of their work or just want to make work to. Um, comment on something or you know because I, I don't think all artists want to make money out of their work I don't always want to make money out of my work <laughs> but yeah I, I definitely think there'll be a place for it especially because I think that the world is definitely going to be different after this pandemic than it was before I, I think the whole pandemic has totally changed the world and totally changed businesses as well you mentioned a little bit earlier about podcasting and that was originally how we connected. Would you like to share a little bit more about what you're hoping to do with your podcast and how that might connect with, with Virtuoso 9? I feel almost like it's a counterpart from what I've seen so far. Yeah, definitely. I always wanted to make a podcast as well, but I wasn't sure about it. And I heard that you can actually make a bit of money out of it. So I, I sort of felt like I wanted to do it to support the gallery so it was a way of trying to connect with artists um I've done interviews before for Framework and Arcadia so it was also an an extent an extension of um that to you know keep up in interviews and um and I like art journalism um I feel like I engage more with the art world when I do art journalism. That was, 
yeah, one aspect. And also I thought it would be interesting to talk to artists at this time and see how they're coping and seeing how, you know, what they're making of this situation because I think this situation is affecting people in different ways. Like not everybody is panicking, not everybody is depressed and not everybody is making, excuse me, a lot of work either. Like we haven't seen this kind of pandemic in a hundred years like it seems to happen every hundred years so I think I think it's interesting for artists but I also think it's interesting for the world because I think globally we need to think about how we can better um, equip ourselves for these kind of emergencies because we weren't equipped to deal with this emergency and I think if we start to build something to you know prep ourselves for like future generations i think will run more smoothly as a society is there something in terms of the arts that you can see as a part of that preparation yeah definitely um well i think something like with my gallery i wanted to inspire other galleries to do something similar because the UNSW gallery, like one of their galleries on Kofa campus, um, I looked at their virtual reality version of their exhibition and I, I wasn't too happy with it because it didn't feel, it felt too cold and, and I didn't see the works very well and I got dizzy really easily and it didn't have that personal touch that it really needed. And so that's why I decided to invent, like to, well, not to invent, I don't know if I've invented it, but to create a virtual interactive gallery space that makes you feel like it's a similar experience to being there. I'm hoping that other galleries do something similar as well. I know that um, ARC has IRL to URL, which I think is pretty good as well. They've really tried to adapt to this situation with their um, exhibitions. And yeah, I think other galleries are dealing with it in different ways, but I think they should just, I think that every gallery needs to have an online component just in case, um, you know, a pandemic comes out or, or whatnot, because um, we might not be our businesses and all that might not be around for a hundred years, but what if they are in the next hundred years and there's another pandemic? I think this time has really made us think about the possibilities of crisis and how to better prepare ourselves for them. People wanted to keep in touch with your work or reach out to participate in the podcast. Where can they find you? Uh, well, I have um, an Instagram account called... Um, uh, let me just think. Josh's have more fun. I also have a website, sarahjosie2016.wixsite.com slash rjoshes. Um, if you want to check out my gallery, um, it's virtuoso9gallery.wixsite.com slash my site. And, yeah, I particularly like to use um, Instagram and, and websites Um Virtuous and Nine Galleries also does also have its own Facebook page, but yeah, that's pretty much 
yeah, best way to keep in touch. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for talking with me today, That's Aria. Links to Aria's Instagram and website, as well as links to Virtuoso 9 Gallery, are available in the show notes. The Art Scoop podcast is a self-funded, independent audio storytelling project. This episode was made possible with thanks to Aria Joshes and Michael Modjanowski. Music is green sleeves used under the Creative Commons license. Thank you.